Welcome to the Gospel Centered Pro Life Podcast. What do you respond to a young lady that says, Will God still love me if I have the abortion? We're going to talk about this from a biblical perspective, so stay tuned. I felt your passion, touched your heart. Welcome back to the Gospel Center Pro-Life Podcast. Appreciate you guys listening, and we would encourage you guys to share this podcast so that it can be a blessing to other people, encourage other people. Also encourage you, as always, go to our Sidewalks for Life website, sidewalks4life.com. There's a section there called Equipping Articles to help equip you, and as always, or almost always, we have a corresponding article that goes along with this podcast, and we kind of use that as our framework to uh, do this episode of the podcast. And we speak out of experience when we share these stories. We share, uh, we've shared case studies uh, in times past of situations we've actually encountered. And uh, recently we've been sharing some training stuff just to equip you guys, continue to train those who've, um, who've already been trained and encourage those who haven't yet been trained with some of the training stuff. And as uh, I've mentioned in a couple of episodes, we have a training that we do every month, the first Saturday of every month from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m., where we, on Zoom, train folks to do sidewalk outreach. We take our experiences, we take what we use locally as our training for our volunteers, and we make it available to you. If you want to get plugged in with that, you can reach out to me, daniel at lovelife.org, and I'll get you the necessary form to fill out. I would just need an application from you with some information about you and uh, get you in the hopper to attend that. So we encourage you to take advantage of that. We think it'll be a real blessing to you. And with that, this subject that we're going to be covering, maybe you kind of, um, you know, once we get into it, you understand what we're talking about here. But the title of the article is, the article that I have right here. Written by. Written by Vicky. <laughs> and uh, it says, what if they ask, will God still love me? If I abort. Yeah. And so the question would be, well, does anybody ever ask that? Mm-hmm. Well, if you're at an abortion center any amount of time, you're going to find maybe not this question exactly, but some variation of this question. Love or forgive. Yeah, will God They're still forgive of, me? Right. Won't yeah. God still forgive me? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's not a question. Sometimes it's a, it's a definite statement. Right. God loves me and God will mm-hmm. forgive me. Yeah. And so what do you say in those situations? I know we've talked about forgiveness and mm-hmm. how we introduce the subject of forgiveness. Certainly God is a forgiving God. Mm-hmm. God is a God of mercy. We mm-hmm. sit here now recording this podcast because of the mercy and the forgiveness that God has brought right. in our lives. Yep. Um, we, we're here now because of the love of God toward us. God mm-hmm. loves human beings. Mm-hmm. The evidence of that, of course, is the cross of Jesus Christ. And uh, so we see the mercy, we see the love of God. The, the the real issue is, I'll let you share kind of the foundation of this. I'll let you okay. share where this flowed out of. But yeah. the, the real issue is, I think, one of, of timing yeah. and one of wording and how, how we word. Yeah. Because we don't want to word things in such a way. It's why we talk about not sharing the message of forgiveness while they're walking into the abortion center. Right. Yelling to a mom that's walking into an abortion center, God will forgive you, is almost 
almost one of the worst things you could possibly say. It is. That is one of the few bad things that you can say yeah. that really will fuel that abortion. Absolutely. Yeah. Because what these women are looking for a lot of times are grasping for mm-hmm. a justification to abort their child. Mm-hmm. And we don't want to give them a justification to do that. So right. is it true that God's forgiving? Yes. Is it true that God will forgive those women if they have an abortion? Um, not necessarily, right. actually. Right. Biblically speaking, God doesn't forgive. God's not beholden to human beings. Right. God doesn't have to forgive anyone for anything. Mm-hmm. God chooses to forgive people based on repentance of sin mm-hmm. and faith in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So if you're yelling out, God will forgive you, you're actually not sharing the whole truth because it's not always true that God's going to forgive them. Yeah. If they don't repent, then they won't be forgiven. If they don't put their trust in Jesus Christ, then there's no basis for forgiveness, right? right? Yeah. So not to get too too, depth, too in-depth with the theological truth of that, uh, but it's a theological truth that we all need to, to reckon with. It's a biblical yep. truth. Yeah. Because sometimes we can speak out of our own emotions and our own excitement, our own grief or whatever, and, and say some things that are just not helpful. But I want you to share what this flowed out of while we're talking about this subject now, and uh, then we'll, we'll kind of break it down biblically, practically, and all yeah. of that. So this happened to me this week. Okay. This, this was a question raised to me this week. This is a young lady that I've been counseling for months. Yeah. I mean, I've got a relationship with her now. Sure. It's been It's been over two months. I think it's going on three months now that I've been counseling her. I know she trusts me. She, I think she loves me. I love her. She's, yeah. um, we have a strong relationship. I've been discipling her. I've been, she came to the Lord. She, when she first called me, she was very abortion-minded, but she chose life. She came to the Lord, and what followed was we basically provided uh, every single need that she raised, everything. Yeah. And um, uh, I, I've been texting her, calling her hours every day for months, and then out of the blue— uh, she didn't contact me for a few days. That's always worrisome. Yeah. And when she finally did, this was what she asked me. So I, of course, knew what was happening. So she this said is, specifically, I get, I, specifically, if I have the abortion, will God still love me? Uh, will God still love me if I have the abortion? And some, um, and this is immediately the tension in my mind is, okay, on one hand, I'm thinking, well, God will still love her if she has the abortion and she repents and turns back to him, just what you said. But I knew what she was really asking me was, first of all, will you still love me if I have the abortion? She did actually say that later. Um, But secondly, can I go have this abortion? I want to have this abortion. Can you assure me that it's okay? That was yeah. really what she was asking. She's grasping for justification. She's grasping for justification. So I'm thinking, okay, I can't do that. But on the other hand, this is a young girl. And I'm thinking, what if she shuts off all communication? I never get a hold of her again. She goes and has the abortion and then is so filled with the grief of thinking God will never forgive her, will never love her again, that she commits suicide or that she lives her life no longer, just in bitterness, hurt, anger against God and against the world because she feels she is unforgiven. And I'm thinking in my own mind, I'm here because I had an abortion 
and God forgave me. Yeah. How can I not tell her, yes, you can be forgiven. There can be life following abortion. But don't head, don't kill your baby. Don't yeah. kill this this precious child. So it was real for me. This question in this podcast is very fresh and very real for me. Yeah. And um, and so I kind of went through a whole process of how I solved the, as best I knew how. Yeah. Um, and and that was kind of the article. It's based on the progression of things that went through my head. Um, but um, the the first thing that went through my head was, I can't answer that question. Yeah. I, that there is no, lose lose. I can't think of any way to answer that question. And ultimately, I came to the decision that wasn't the question. Yeah. That she should be asking, and that I need. That's what I needed to say. But um, so. It was kind of a progression. I kind of wanted to go through that progression, and I know you'll have um, you'll have ideas about every one of these areas. But one of the things that that as the discussion progressed was, I was thinking this is something that is really hard to teach. Yeah, there is an art of counseling, yeah. and by that I mean it's not a formula. Right. It's not a formula. We can't tell you do this and then if she says this say this and then if she says this say this. That's ne- that never works. Right. Um there is an it it is it's almost like a dance in a way between you and the person you're counseling. They say or make a move and you are trying to be with them and in sync with them that you hear the cry of their heart, not necessarily the words. Sure. And you respond um, appropriate, like a dancer yeah. um, following his his partner, his or her partner leading. Yeah, so. I'll say one of the components, mm-hmm. The I would say maybe probably the most important component mm-hmm. of counseling mm-hmm. or conversation in general is first and foremost listening. Yeah. Actually hearing what they're saying mm-hmm. and listening in such a way where you're getting the emotion that they're bringing. Now, I know, yeah. obviously, over the phone or through text, it's it's pretty difficult. It in is. a one-on-one conversation, especially, though, we need to be listening. We need to be watching body language. We need to be reading between the lines, not not attributing evil motives and ulterior motives to Mm -hmm. people and that sort of thing, but reading between the lines of what they're actually saying. Mm -hmm. So, for example, when someone says, will God still love me if I abort? Mm -hmm. Reading between the lines is picking up on the fact that they're looking for some kind of justification to have the abortion. They're really not asking a question. They're telling you something that they believe. And it is important for us, if we're going to give good and godly counsel, the Bible says we shouldn't stand under the counsel of the wicked, mm-hmm. right? The counsel of the wicked brings destruction. So we're the righteous because of Jesus, and we want to bring righteous counsel. Yeah. We're going to be listening to what people are saying and then answering the questions in a, in a biblical manner, mm-hmm. right? Instead of just out of our own humanity, because out of our own humanity and out of our own kind of emotions or whatever, right away we want to respond with, well, yes, of course God will love you, because mm-hmm. we want to dispel any notion that somehow God might be a God of judgment. You know, in our American Christian mindsets, right? right? We want to try to dispel any notion that God might actually hate people mm. or hate things that people do. And yeah. so right away, we want to respond, of course he'll love you. 
Yeah. But that might not actually be the best response. Right. Because really, are we reading between the lines of what mm-hmm. they're saying? Of course. Listen, I'll just say it right off the bat. Of course, God loved me mm-hmm. while I was dead in my trespasses and sins. The Bible mm-hmm. says that. While we were yet sinners. While we were yet sinners. Yeah. Romans 5, 8. Yeah. God demonstrated his own love toward us. If he didn't have yeah. a love toward us, then he wouldn't have had anything to demonstrate, right? So he did have a love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So mm-hmm. he not just loved us in his in his eternal heart, <laughs> but he actually did something to display that love. Yeah. The cross is that display. So yes, God loves sinners. God loves mm-hmm. rebels. He loved me while I was a rebel, mm-hmm. right? He loved you while you were a rebel. So mm-hmm. yes, that that's true. Uh, but in this situation, is it really the best thing to say given what we know that she's digging for? She's digging for justification right. to abort her child. Right. I don't yeah. think that it is. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I didn't think so either. And yeah. so I knew I, I, I could not answer that question. So there's, um, I love what you said. You have to listen first and asking other que- asking questions as, as yeah. you're listening, helping to lead them hopefully to the true heart issue. Yeah. Um, which is really, should I have this abortion? That's what she's sure. saying. Is it yeah. okay to have this abortion? Yeah, I think in listening in that particular conversation, mm-hmm. one of the questions I would ask, mm-hmm. and again, I'm not asking in some accusing way. I think we have to be careful in the way that we come across that we're not asking in some accusing way. Right. Because we can shut the conversation down immediately. But if she asked me this question, mm-hmm. will God still love me if I abort? I'll ask Okay, can you can you explain to me exactly why you're asking that question? Exactly what I did. Yeah, I, I, we are in sync here, Daniel. Yeah, <laughs> that is it. I said, "What are you saying? What What are you saying?" Um, and that, and then she was very open. She said, "I, I want, I'm going to go abort the child." She, mm-hmm. and, it, and it wasn't a question then. It yeah. was, "I'm going to go abort my baby." Yeah, that that was yeah. what she said. You know, one of the things that I would say in that particular conversation, because I like to, I like to take people's again, not in some like manipulative way or whatever, but take the thoughts that they're thinking and the things they put out there and kind of turn it back on them as a mirror. I think that's biblical. Yeah. As the word of God is a mirror to us. Mm-hmm. It speaks of that in, in James chapter two, I think, mm-hmm. um, that the law of God is a mirror. And so if she's asking me, will God still love me if I abort this child? I'll ask her, well, does God love you now? Mm-hmm. And most people will say, yes, this is kind of my foolproof pro-life argument, right? right. Does, God, yeah. does God love you? Yes. And then ask the, the question, okay, when did God begin to love you? Mm-hmm. Was it you know, five minutes ago? Mm-hmm. Was it five years ago? Was it when you were born? Or did God love you even before you were born? Mm-hmm. And biblically, and I think we want to lead them to the point where they understand that God loved them before they were even born right. and establish that as a biblical truth, because it is. Yeah. And then take it a little step further and say, well, if God loved you before you were born, he loves you now. Mm-hmm. Doesn't he also love your baby? Mm-hmm. So then are you using the love of God as justification to kill another person that God also loves? Mm-hmm. That, to me, is a question that needs to be put out there. Yeah, and that's really, really good way of phrasing it. Yeah. Um, she had, I had had, because I've been trained by the best, I had already had the discussion with her previously over those months about yeah. your fail-safe pro-life argument, and it definitely was very convincing to her. Yeah. So she had heard that. She had already heard that. I did not 
uh, question it in the way that you say it again, because I think uh, what you said at the end there, the way you phrased that was really good. Yeah, just asking the question, are you using the love of God for you to justify you taking the life of someone who God also loves? Right. Yeah. And in essence, what you're trying to bring before them is, you, are, you trying to, are you trying to say that God somehow loves you more than he loves your baby? Right. Yeah. Even though he loved you and knew you while you're in your mother's womb, yeah. he loves and knows your baby, but you're trying to use that love that he has for you as, an, as a justification to kill your child. Yeah, yeah. And so, so you're putting it back in her court also. Then instead yeah. of answering the question, you're actually asking another question. Right. That and, addresses and you want to the intent. Thought, right? Yes. You want to pr- yeah. provoke thought. And you want to bring in the component that I think is very important in any of these situations is conviction. Like you want them right. to feel the conviction. A lot of times getting people to repeat the things that they said, yeah. things that to your ears are like, that, that, doesn't she see how stupid that sounds? Right. <laughs> yeah. And I know I'll just say for me, I know I've said things that are just really stupid and my yeah. wife repeats it back to me. I'm like, yeah, that was pretty, right. pretty stupid. Right. Right? right. Sometimes it takes us repeating something back or maybe yeah. just rewording it and say, are you saying this then? So are you saying then, because God loves you, and even though he does love your baby, that somehow he loves you more than your baby? Yeah. And what yeah. are you basing that on? Right. You know, so right. saying it back and, and maybe getting them to repeat it back sometimes can, can yeah. be a little convicting because I yeah. think to your next point is we want to trust in the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and exactly the conviction does not come from us. Right. It comes from the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So it's got to and, – and so Jesus fought Satan through Scripture. Yeah. So bringing in that, that scriptural conviction yeah, absolutely. Is, is critical. Yeah, and giving yeah. the Holy Spirit space right. to do his work. I know yeah. in conversations, in one-on-one conversations with moms and dads on the sidewalk – we can kind of get, because it is a life and death scenario, we can kind of get really excited and we can kind of get into a situation where we're just saying our piece and we're trying to get all the information out there that we can. But we do need to give space to listen to them and then give space to the Holy Spirit to do his work. Right. To drop, you know, I like to drop some truth bombs and just let them stew on it for a couple of seconds yeah. rather than me just trying to jump in and throw another Another truth bomb in there, yeah. right? You got to give people time to process things, yeah. to think yeah. about it, to repeat what was just said, yeah. to, to stew on it in their minds. Yeah. And then again, the Holy Spirit can do his work because we can do all, all that we want. We can throw out all kinds of scriptures. We can throw out all kinds of ideas and, and, and try to do as best we can to convict someone, mm-hmm. make them feel guilty. But in reality, it's the Holy Spirit that's – if anyone's ever going to do that in a productive way, bring conviction and make people feel guilty, which, by the way, the Holy Spirit does do that. Right. The Holy Spirit does make people feel guilty, this whole notion that God is not a God of guilt. God does alleviate guilt if we turn to him, but he uses guilt to bring conviction so right. that people will repent. Right. So guilt in this scenario is a good thing. This yeah. young lady needs to feel the guilt of her rebellion, yeah. of her consideration of aborting a child that God loves, that's made in his image. So yeah. we need to give space again for the Holy Spirit to bring guilt, yeah. to yeah. bring conviction yeah. so that ultimately they can be led to repentance. Yeah, so l- relying on the Holy Spirit. And then I knew, and that's um, part of where I think you're also heading, is is I knew that she needed to be confronted mm-hmm. with some really hard 
questions. Absolutely. And the only way that I felt that I could do that is because of my my next kind of big point. I had a relationship mm -hmm. with her. And not everyone can have months to develop a relationship with an abortion-minded mom, but use whatever time you have to develop a relationship. Yeah. However shallow a relationship or quick a relationship it might be, but where you're establishing trust. And so knowing that, knowing that the power of conviction comes from the Holy Spirit, I knew I needed to hit her with some really hard truths. Yeah. And um, key to that is when. When is the best timing? Early on in developing the relationship with her, that was not the time to be describing in excruciating detail um, uh, an abortion. Yeah. But now with a advanced pregnancy, she needed to know. Sure. She needed to know what was going to happen yeah. to, to that child. And, um, and so you can't bring the... I, I think you have to, again, it's part of the art of counseling, but I, I, I don't think you can introduce those super, super hard truths right away, or they'll just turn off, they'll hang up the phone, they'll walk away, they'll walk into the abortion yeah. center. So I do think those, those truths have to come after, you've prayed, after the Holy Spirit has entered in some degree and has uh, started that feeling of guilt and conviction within them. And after there is at least some element of trust with you that that you can say something and they're not just going to run away. Throughout the, the next segment of that discussion with her, I thought, I mean, I was desperate. I was feeling desperate because she was still saying, I'm going to, I'm going to kill this baby. There's, I yeah. love you, Vicki, but there's nothing you can say. At one point I said, I, I have nothing left to say. Yeah. I've said all I know to say to you. Um, and she said, there is nothing you can say. Yeah. And I think that was the point at which I went to you, Daniel, and said, I don't know what to do. And you basically said, you do nothing. You've, yeah. you've kind of said it all. It, it might be time um, to just wait and, and let the Holy Spirit um, convict, which I did for one evening. And that was about as long as I could stand, not saying anything that next morning, because I was afraid that was the morning she was going to abort. Yeah. Um, and I don't know why I thought that. Um, but uh, I, I then just really... Uh, I laid it on pretty thick. Yeah. I, I described in detail uh, what happens, what a baby, the the age of her baby would be going through. Yeah. I sent her multiple videos of babies the age of her baby sure. in utero, the actual videos of actual babies. Um, I sent her a video of an abortion. Yeah. Um, and, um, and then there was silence and uh and uh i asked her if she watched any of them and she said no yeah. i can't yeah and then i said you can't watch them because you know that if you do it will convict you yeah. of the truth of god's truth that this is a little person yeah. in your womb and that you're thinking of doing something um Really unspeakable. Yeah. So. I, I want to mention here, you're talking about kind of a, a more in-depth and at-length conversation that you've had with a young lady. Yeah. And there's scenarios in which we're able to do that. Yeah. At an abortion center, in front of the abortion center, in a sidewalk counseling scenario, we're not 
always able to. Right. But there's still this this kind of progression of things is still possible. And I do feel like this, I guess, progression of things is important yeah. that we're not coming out right off the bat with the hard hitting stuff. Right. The violence that abortion brings. Yeah. Because what we want to do, like you mentioned, and it, it's kind of like a, a microcosm, I guess, of what you're dealing with on the sidewalk in a maybe 30, 45 minute conversation is build a relationship and you build a relationship with somebody and you can build a relationship with somebody in 10 or 15 minutes. Now, it's not going to be obviously a very deep relationship. It's not going to have all the, you know, all the the benefits of an in-depth, lengthy relationship. Yeah. But you can build a relationship. And one of the ways you do that is by, like they say, and it's maybe cliche, but people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Showing them that you care, showing them that you're concerned about the things that are going on on your in their life, not just writing off. Listen, we know we all agree. Everybody who's listening to this podcast agrees with this. If you don't, then you can stop listening to this podcast that there <laughs> is no justification to kill a baby. There's no justification for abortion. Absolutely no justification for it. That being said, though. We should not just immediately write off the justifications these people are using, because if you want to tear down the relationship, then do that. Then then write off people's concerns. You know, if, husband and wife relationship. Listen, husbands, if you want to really ruin your relationship with your wife and you want to fast track to do that, <laughs> then write off her concerns. Yeah. Say, yeah. well, they don't matter. Listen, yeah. look at this. Look at that. You know, do the same thing. Wives, if you want to just ruin your relationship with your husband, yeah. and hopefully you guys will, will take the opposite advice here, right? Right. We need yeah. To, yeah. Need to take people's concerns seriously, even though sometimes they're stupid concerns. They're not justifiable concerns, at least in their minds. They are for a season. So we need to listen to those concerns. We need to let them know that we care about those concerns. Yeah. And listen, I think God cares about those concerns. Now, he mm-hmm. just because God cares about the concerns that people have doesn't mean he justifies the behavior that they want to use um, in light of those concerns. Right. So being concerned Helping people to see that you're concerned is not agreement that their concern is a valid one. Yeah. But it's at least listening because you cannot have a relationship with another person if there isn't conversation. And conversation includes you talking and you listening. They talk and they listen. Right. And that's the foundation of this relationship on the sidewalks, the foundation of the relationship that you're having with this young lady. And that's how you help to establish trust is that they know that you're hearing them. And actually after it was right after all of this really hard stuff that I'm hitting her with, um, that, uh, I, I said, what's what's really going on? Yeah. Why? I that because I, I was. She had gone from we were talking baby names to yeah. the two days before, and all of a sudden she's talking abortion. I knew something must have happened, sure. and it did. Something did happen, and um, and it was um really related to just a very strong fear of childbirth itself. It was just she was terrified of the idea of childbirth and and asking more and more questions about, well, what was it about childbirth? And as I delved into that, I found out there had been significant childhood trauma. Yeah. I had never known. She in all those months of her with me, I had not known. And um and when I knew that 
everything made sense. So much of, of the things that had happened over those few months. And so then I could directly address that, yeah. and which I did. And we got onto a discussion of all things of circumcision of, mm-hmm. of babies. And she started, she was adamant. She's still talking abortion. Yeah. But she said she would never have a baby circumcised because how could you cut off a piece of a human being, she said. That's child abuse. Mm-hmm. And then that was the perfect opening to remind her of what happens in an abortion yeah. of a child that age where they are literally cutting off the arms and legs and body of yeah. of that of that baby and that was the turning point where she then came um to the realization of she said do you think um abortion is child abuse and if it, like when you said stupid it it did like strike me are you kidding? That was my first. I wanted to say, sure. are are you kidding? <laughs> it's 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 of course. Yeah. But she had to reach that realization yeah. on her own. And that was um that was when I could shift into a message that involved God's mercy yeah. and love and forgiveness. Because what she needed at that point and it was clear, was um, was reassurance. But that comes to then exactly where you've gone of when was the time to give up in me speaking and give God the the time to convict. And, and this was a point where I was just silent in the discussion, and she started talking then about— um, in fact, she said it at that point. She said, "Maybe I need to be contacting. Maybe I, I, I need you know a birthing center or something where it was able. Then how do I deal with the real fear, which is the fear of of the actual childbirth? Yeah. And um, leading us to the next major thing that happened, which was when to call in the rest of the team, which sure. I had all along. Yeah. There were many people." that were interacting with her, but directly addressing the fear of childbirth. I had team members that um, are trained. We have a high-risk doctor, Edith, um, and and I called her in. At, yeah. at that point, and said, "Hey, could could you text her? She she really needs reassurance from someone in the medical field that knows what's going to happen." Um, and all of us need those people in our lives. If we don't have them in our ministry, we need to find them. Yeah. That those team members that are kind of um, experts in in areas outside of our own yeah. expertise that we can call. Yeah, in. and with that kind of the basis of introducing another voice into the equation mm-hmm. can be the relationship that you already have built with someone. Right. And again, it can even happen in 30, 45 minutes mm-hmm. with a mom on the sidewalk. It can happen in 30, 45 days. I think it's been in this yeah. particular conversation with this young lady, but we're, we're out there on the sidewalk and we've built a relationship. We've listened, we've identified with their struggles and all that stuff. We've not just written them off. We've not just justified it, but we've not written them off and we've done our best to build a relationship with them. Sometimes if there's another, uh, another lady or even a man that's there on the sidewalk with you, you can kind of bring them into the conversation in your situation. 
obviously you're going back and forth via text and phone calls with this right. young lady. Yeah. You brought Edith in. You mm-hmm. brought others. I think you even mm-hmm. brought my wife into the yep, conversation. I did. Early on in getting, the conversation. Yeah, yep. She trusts you. Mm-hmm. And because she trusts you, she trusts the people that you trust. Right. Maybe not as much as she trusts you. Yeah. But at least you're able to bring those voices in because you built trust with her. Right. And uh, sometimes just speaking from a different perspective, speaking just a, a different voice, sometimes changing things up yeah. can really help to, uh, I guess, refresh the conversation. That's right. And have her thinking again about yeah. some of the things that you guys have already talked about. And they, yeah, and they bring in different points that maybe I can't bring in or didn't bring in. And so, yeah, that I think that fresh fresh voice is, is valuable. But um, so the, come in the full circle uh, and maybe another a slightly just addition to what you said, but a slightly different tact when that question is asked, which is where I, I eventually ended up, was um, reframing and um, refocusing and maybe um, kind of um, deflecting from the question. And I, I actually ended up saying, um, I don't think that's the question that you necessarily should be asking. Yeah. Um and that's a little different from what you said because you're saying validate, and I totally agree with you. Validate the the feeling behind that question and helping to, um, you know, to to direct that question into what the real question is. Yeah. But and but mine mine was a little bit different. The tactic that I took um, in the end was um, I I feel like the question you should be asking is. Uh, is not will God forgive me or will God love me, but is it what I am contemplating doing? What God would have me do? Is yeah. it right? Is it good? Is it healthy? Is it loving? Yeah. And um, and so she um, she did decide no, and she answered no to yeah. all of to all of those things, and um, so all of those things altogether came brought her to a point where right now she's back on track. I don't know if she'll stay there. She's young. Yeah. And and I think I'm going to have a lot of struggles um with her. Um but I I did learn a lot through all of this and I was hoping that it it would um it would help others as sure. well. But um in in the end um she she did Again, choose life. I think today she is hopefully getting an an ultrasound and looking at the baby. Um, But um, the ongoing discussion with her will always have to be back to the gospel and always back to the truth of what God says about about that precious life and about what it means for her to have asked Jesus to be her Lord. And then just pray that... She makes the right decision and in and, and continues to uh know that even as a believer, especially as a young believer, we will all be tempted there is there is no shame in the temptation, but there there can be shame in how we respond yeah to absolutely. That temptation yeah that's good. well, with that, I think we're going to wrap this podcast up, guys. We hope it was a blessing to you. We hope that as we've talked through this and kind of just bounced things off of one another and um, shared our our experiences, that it's encouraged you. And we do always want to encourage you guys to take advantage of the things that we have available, like we mentioned in the first of this podcast, 
that uh, we have the Sidewalks for Life website. We have this article that will be out there in uh, equipping articles on the Sidewalks for Life, sidewalks number four, life.com. And um, please reach out to us, Daniel at lovelife.org, Vicki at lovelife.org. If you have questions, if you have maybe things to add in, maybe you have an experience in this world, maybe you've been doing sidewalk counseling for a long time and you can offer some wisdom to us. We don't believe that we have it all together. So please reach out and let us know what, what information that you have to share with us. And if you've got um, just some ideas for podcast episodes, we'd love to hear those ideas. But until next time, God bless. Give me an outlet for love. Give me an outlet for gratitude. I know it will cost me my life. But nothing's too precious since I met you.